Welcome to Third Shot, the podcast where Bridgie and I are bringing the pickleball community together. How's it going, Bridgie? It's going great, Uncle. We got a really fun story to share with everybody today, don't we? Oh, we do. We do. Uh, before <laughs> we get to that, how's it going, Russ? Oh, it's going good. I've got the I've got the shot glass ready. Uh, I've decided oh. that's going to be my start of the show. Is uh, I'll, I'll introduce the shot glass. <laughs> okay. Well, since you've introduced the shot, shot glass, we better, we better put it to use. <laughs> exactly. So. Exactly. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Ah, yeah. That is a good way to start the show. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right. So as I alluded to, we've got a really fun story to share, um, kind of what Uncle and I have been up to lately within the pickleball world. And it all started with a Facebook post. Um, so when was that? Like back in September, I think. Yeah. you, you Or August. <laughs> you texted me and I'm like, are you serious? Are you serious about this? <laughs> yeah, so I belong to this Facebook page, which has really kind of helped me uh, meet some folks in the pickleball community here in Las Vegas. And they posted on this Facebook page and um, it was just like this typed out flyer um, asking people if they wanted to audition to be on a pickleball reality TV show. And they were looking for um, players between like a 3-0 and a 3-5. And so I took a screenshot of it and I sent it to you immediately because I thought of you. We just, you know, you were out here visiting. We were playing together and I was like, this might be a really fun thing for us to do. I was so happy when you sent it over to me. But like I said, I was like, okay, is Bridgie for real on this? I mean, do we really want to be on television <laughs> and be on a reality <laughs> show? Am I going to have to be a villain or something like this on a reality show? This is going to be an experience. So I, but I, we started talking about it. And we go, what a great story. We will have to tell about to our family members for the rest of our lives. I go, come on, let's do this. Right. It's kind of like one of those fun things that you just you just do just for the experience and the story. And so um, we did actually go through with it. We went to the audition. Um, Uncle planned his trip out to see me and we got together beforehand and kind of strategized on what to wear, what to say, um, <laughs> thought about what was even going to happen, because I don't know about you, but I've never auditioned for a reality TV show. Uh, I don't. No, I've never done that either. I don't know how many people have. I think this is like, <laughs> I really looked at this as like a once in a lifetime thing, right? How often do you ever get a chance to audition for a reality tough? Maybe for in Hollywood or something, this happens all the time, but it doesn't happen in my life. So right, <laughs> yeah. this is a once in a lifetime. Let's do this. Let's have some fun with it. Yeah. So we went um, with no expectations. We were not thinking anything was going to come of it. Um, but the interview for it was actually a lot of fun. And there were so many characters that we got to meet <laughs> and, you know, make those connections. So that way, next time we're out playing around in the valley here, we might run into them again. But um, we waited a couple weeks and we heard back from them, uh, from the producers of the show. It was John and Mike, and they invited everybody back for filming. And I think uh, what they were saying was because everybody was so much fun and they really embodied that spirit of pickleball and they, they couldn't say no to us. They wanted us all back and um, start filming from there. And so, you know, they invited us to, what was it called? The pickleball house or something fun like the that. The pickleball house. Yeah. And yeah. if you haven't looked up the pickleball house on Instagram, take a look at it. it it's, it's pretty fun. I got to ask you though, Bridge, when we went to the audition, were you nervous? Were you like freaking out about this whole thing? I was a little nervous, but I do have to say I was more excited than anything else because this is so new. I had no idea what was going to come or what to expect even just from the audition. What about you? You know, it's funny because uh, my daughter picked me up from the airport when I flew down on this trip, right? And she asked me the same question. She goes, Daddy, are, are you nervous about this? And I go, I don't think I'm nervous. I think I'm really excited because we didn't have any expectations of actually making it through the auditions. To be honest with you, though, I thought the two of us gave a really good audition. <laughs> 
I thought we were entertaining. I thought we were, you know, we communicated very clearly to the producers of why we wanted to be on the show, what we would bring to the show. I thought we gave a really good audition. So there's a little bit, there's a little part of me that says, I'm so happy we made the show because, you know, we're going to talk a lot about the show in later episodes and even later this episode. But there's part of me that goes, gosh, everybody made it. I, I thought, you know, I thought we would have made the cut if there was a cut. <laughs> yeah, right. We, <laughs> kind of like a participation trophy, like everybody made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was a fantastic experience. And everybody involved in this show really was super supportive and helped us through the process. And, and, and never did I ever feel um, like nervous or scared or unprepared they kept us in communication they knew exactly we knew exactly what to expect even though it is reality tv so they ask you to do some things that you weren't necessarily prepared to do right yeah i i can vouch for that i think the most intimidating part for me was not actually the filming but when we went to the house and all of the uh, fancy cars were pulling up, I didn't know where the heck I was. I was there in my, my like 2003 forerunner and there's a Ferrari pulling into the driveway, numerous Teslas, Corvettes. I was like, what in the world did I get us into? I, you know, you know, it's funny about that Ferrari. So they had the film crew ready to filmed the Ferrari driving up the the driveway and the guy's revving the engine. He gets out and he's this, you know, pretty hip looking dude. He's got this long legged woman as his partner. I think it landed up being his wife. And <laughs> later I found out he was like a famous rock star from the 80s and 90s. No way. And yeah. And now he, he lives in Vegas. I believe his name is Tom Hooker. Now, don't quote me on that one, but I, I, I'm pretty sure his name was Tom Hooker. And uh, while we were at that event that night and we were filming, one of the other um, one of the other players said, hey, you know who that is? And I go, no, that, he's the Ferrari guy as far as I knew, right? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, he used to be a rock star. Uh, he lives there in Vegas. Now he plays all the time. He's super good. I'm like, really? I'm like, Wow. These are the types of characters that were on this show with us. And it was amazing. It was it was truly an experience. Yeah. And we will have to share some of our pictures that we took from the whole process of the callback to the pickleball house where we did some interviews. And then the next day when we actually went out to Sunset Park um, and their pickleball complex and had our little tournament going on. So we'll share those on our social media pages at Third Shot Podcast or on Twitter, which is at Third Shot Pod. Yeah, and we will definitely have a lot of the people that were participated on the show. Uh, not only the other players, but the behind the scenes. Hopefully we can get the producers and um, other people that were involved in the show. So it kind of peels back the world of reality television and we can share that with everybody. Yeah, that would be super fun. Um, also, just to clarify too, because I don't think we mentioned before, the show is going to be called The Big Dill, like a dill pickle. And this was just a pilot episode, right? So it hasn't actually been picked up by a network yet, but fingers crossed that they put something together that really sells it. Yeah, and hopefully by the time we interview one of the producers or both the producers, maybe it did get picked up by then. So fingers crossed, fingers yeah. crossed. So Russ, we, uh, we always do our learning more segment. That we do. And you know, this came to me last episode and then this episode, it's like, oh, really, I really got to ask this one. Last episode, you talked about level five players that you played against Greg that were pretty good, right? And now we said level three to 3.5 players in this episode. What's with the levels? So Pickleball has a rating system that kind of, you know, puts a skill level to each player. So you can, you know, go into tournaments and play against people okay. of similar skill levels. So in this reality show, they wanted a 3.0 to 3.5. The scale starts at 1.0 and goes 1.0, 1.5, 2.0, and so on, all the way up to 5.5. Gotcha. That's, I think 5.5 is the highest amateur level, skill level that you can gotcha. be. And then you go into the pros. Now, each number, let's say a 3.0, for example, 
has definitions of what a 3.0 skill level person should be able to do to be at that level. For example, a 3.0, I'm just going to read off a couple of things that um, is part of the requirement to be a 3.0. Able to hit a medium paced forehand with direction and consistency. Able to hit a medium paced backhand with direction and consistency. Understands the fundamentals of the game. Able to hit medium paced volleys with direction and consistency. Has good mobility, quickness, hand-eye coordination. Has started wow. playing yeah. in tournaments. So these are just a few of what a 3.0 skill level person should be able to do. There's probably twice as many of those requirements that go into it. And there's a list of about 10 or 15 requirements that go into gotcha. each, you know, each skill level. But it's basically a handicapping system so that you can, you know, play okay. against well, I, I started at a, at a level. point one. So we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if I can get up there to, to the one at some point during all of this. Well, thanks for answering that, Greg. Well, when we, we'll, yeah, we're, we're going to have to read the definition of a one. And I, I okay, think it perfect. started with, you know, has two feet, two legs, two arms. And I might like be able that, to do this. You know, <laughs> has vision. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's a great question because Bridgie and I had the same question because when they said for the audition that we needed to be a 3.0 to 3.5 level, we had to look this up and figure right. out, okay, do we qualify or are we, you know, over our heads here? Well, or, thanks you know, thanks for helping me learn more, we, uh, uh, you know, for, for as a part of my podcast. What's coming up next on, on this podcast? Well, when we come back from break... Uh, we mentioned a little bit about the big deal. We will have nice. one of the players that uh, participated on the big deal with us. So come back and hear their story on how wild this experience was for them. Team Diadem is proud to release the brand new Vice Paddle. This revolutionary concept paddle is five years ahead of anything on the market. It introduces EVA foam as a core material, giving the user the ultimate feel combined with power and control. This technology, combined with our RP2 grip coating that produces long-lasting spin production, makes this one of the best paddles on the market. Pre-order yours today at diademsports.com. You can also head to the website to apply for our Dynasty. The Dynasty team provides sponsorship opportunities to players of all skills. See if you have what it takes to join the team and apply today. Welcome back to Third Shot. If you haven't already done so, start following our show on Instagram and Facebook. It's super easy. Just search for Third Shot Podcasts or on Twitter, search for at Third Shot Pod. Bridgie and I are so excited to be joined by Darla Christensen, the creator of the Pickleball New Dinkers of Las Vegas Facebook group. And Darla was integral in finding the players that participated in the Big Deal reality show. Welcome, Darla. How you doing? Hi, guys. Um, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on today, guys. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you fine. And thanks for joining us. As you know, we have a tradition that we start every segment with a shot of any beverage that you choose. So please join us. Cheers. 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 Uh, All right. Thanks so much for joining us, Darla. You are a bit of a well-known figure here in Las Vegas in the pickleball community. You started this wonderful Facebook group so uh, pickleball lovers throughout the valley can get in touch with one another and kind of figure out what's going on in, in terms of pickleball in Las Vegas. So if you could share with us how, why, when, the full story on starting the Pickleball New Dinkers of Las Vegas Facebook group. So originally it started because of COVID. With COVID, uh, I was uh, shut in in my house and not getting out much. And right as I started getting ready to start getting out in the world, um, they had made the announcement that pickleball could open up again. And although I didn't hear it, my neighbors did. And uh, my dog had run away from home. Painters were at our house and uh, they had left the gate open. And our little dog, Wyatt, ran across the street and, and to our neighbors. And they texted me and said, hey, we have your dog. Come get him. And uh, so I mosey over there. And it turns out uh, this wonderful, lovely couple live across the street from us who we hadn't met yet. And uh, they had taken great care of my dog. And, and before I could leave, they said, hey, do you play pickleball? And I'm like, mm, 
okay, these people are just a little bit weird. I don't know what the heck they're talking about. <laughs> they're scaring me a little bit. And I'm like, nope, mm-mm, gotta go, gotta go. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, no, no, my husband, he's a pro pickleball player here oh. in Las Vegas. And he's like a, a three times national champion. And I'm like, hmm. wow. What's yeah. his name? What's his name? Steve Cole. Okay. Okay. Steve Cole. He's now a five-time national champion, uh, three-time U.S. Open champion, uh, world champion. I mean, he's just amazing. So he is uh, a pro. He was just down at nationals in um, uh, California there uh, for nationals this week. Won two gold medals for both mixed doubles and for men's doubles. He played with Steve Dawson, if you're familiar with him. He's another a senior pro player. Awesome, right? Just great. But I had never heard of the sport at the time that I was there. So um, I'm like, oh, I got to go. Got it. Made some excuse to go. And she's like, hey, my husband teaches at the plaza for free every Saturday. Come out, come out, come out. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, sure. And run across the street home, right? And then it, it, it started getting a little awkward because I'd go out to my car and I would see them out there and I'd like duck down behind my car, you know? <laughs> We've all done that move. <laughs> Honey, duck down. It's the pickle people, the weird ones. Duck down, right? And uh, they'd be like, hey, we see you. Did you did you guys lose something? Do you need some help? We're like, oh, oh hi, right? You know, and and then just out of sheer, you know, peer pressure, they were like, hey, did you take Steve's class yet? So finally, I'm like, ah, oh, I got to just go do this for my neighbors. So I went up to the plaza on. It was actually uh, New Year's Day. So I'm coming up on two years since my very first lesson. New Year's Day, I go up to the plaza. The guy never takes a day off. He's teaching this beginner lesson. I was hooked. Day one, boom. Like never played a sport, never played a team sport, but I was hooked. That was it. I was I was in. And uh, so then I was like, man, I could not wait to play again. So I started arranging little things with my my friends and we'd get together and take some lessons or a little clinic or whatever. And and I was thinking, you know, I'm pretty good. I've played a few times. I've done some (laughs) lessons, you know? So I, we only had one big court at the time. It was called Durango Hills. It was over on like Cheyenne and Durango. It's uh, kind of in the Northwest area. And I would go over to Durango and uh, they're like, okay, here's how you play. Just set your paddle over here. Wait your 20 minutes. When your paddle comes up, you get to play. I go out there. I didn't have a partner. I was by myself. So they, I just got teamed up with somebody. Um, about two minutes later, we were done. Pickled. Walk of shame <laughs> off the court. <laughs> oh, but I, it didn't bother me, right? I, I wanted to get better. So I'm like, okay, that's okay. I'm going to set my paddle down. Set my paddle down again. Wait 20 more minutes. Finally, it's my turn. Yes, I grab my paddle. I'm like, kind of like jogging, skipping over to court number three. And this guy looks up and sees me. And he's like, what? I'm not playing with her. She's new. And he storms off the court. Literally, storms wow. them. That's yeah. rude. That's not, that's not typical of the pickleball community. No, not at all. I and and he is an interesting gentleman. We're actually friends now. You know, um, uh, we went through a little bit of a makeup period. You know, later, but at the time, he like threw his paddle in his bag, picked it up, and stormed off the courts. Clink, shut the gate behind him. And I'm like, hey, this doesn't bother me one bit. I'm like, we're, I don't need him. So the two guys across from me are like, hey, we're playing in a tournament. We want to practice. Do you mind if we stay together? I'm like, yeah, no problem. I'm like, hey, we just need one. There's like 40 people lined up on the side. Need one, just need single, need one. This goes on for like five minutes. At that point, the two guys look at me. Not one of those people on the side would walk on the court with me. And the two guys just said, we're so sorry. We're going to go put our paddles back in the thing to wait 20 more minutes again um, because we just want to play. Oh, I was humiliated. It was terrible. Oh yeah, it was bad. It was bad. I was mad. And I was like, I don't need you jerks. I'm out of here. I'm going to go find my own friends to play with. So I leave. Yeah. Oh yeah. I told him, I'm like, I don't need you guys. I leave. I go over to police memorial and there's eight wonderful people there, but they're like, four O's and they've got this round robin going. And I just sat down on the side and just cried. I was so humiliated. It was, it was really rough. That's all I wanted to do was play. I'm passionate about it. That was your first experience. Yeah. 
So how did that get to starting the group? And I mean, you guys are up to what, over 4,000 members? Yeah. Yeah. 4,000, over 4,000 now. So as I was sitting there, I said, you know what I can do? I'm going to start a Facebook group and I'm hoping to get 16 people. If I can get 16 people, (laughs) I got my own round robin to do. And I'm just having so much fun. So I went ahead and started it. And you know how uh, Facebook's groups kind of grow. And, and as once they get started, boom, then it's like exponentially just crazy. So we were going to have a party at a hundred, but before we could do the party three weeks later, we were at 250 and then <laughs> quickly went to 500. And then at a thousand, I was like, this is just crazy. I do a call out and, you know, 45 people show up. So, and primarily it's all beginners. So the design, the uh, design of the page is to be just like you were talking about information for new players coming out because you need to play with people at your level. That's when you're really having a great time. Uh, since then, we've opened Sunset Park, which has 24 courts, four of which are championship or not championship, but yes, championship courts and then four courts that are challenge courts and for like higher level. Um Guess what? Even with 24 courts, they're full all the time. Play here in Vegas starts at 7 a.m., ends at 11. So Durango Hills and Sunset are our two big courts. For us beginners, going to one of those two courts is actually really hard for a beginner because the players are much better at these courts. So uh, Lone Mountain, um, which is one of the most beautiful parks in all of Vegas, has become this sort of sanctuary for beginner players. We meet there five days a week, six days a week, and we created open plays. The plaza has also become this amazing place where we do leagues for beginners, round robins, open plays, clinics, you name it. We do it every Thursday and every Saturday. I teach at Lone Mountain on Monday, Tuesdays, and Fridays. I teach at Summerlin on Wednesdays. And then that leaves Sunday, which I'm trying to take one day where I don't do anything and actually see my husband. Oh, it's you. Hi, honey. <laughs> well, with all that play, I'm guessing that you can put those guys that wouldn't play with you in, you know, to shame now. So, uh, and, I, and I've seen you play. You are a good player. So <laughs> I, I, I hope you run into those guys and you show them. Uh, It has been very fun, just like you mentioned, to go back to Durango and, you know, uh, kind of whoop the tar out of those gentlemen that were so sassy back then. And they look at me and they go, wow, you've improved. I'm like, really? You think? Hmm." (laughs) (laughs) I love to hear that. That's great. Well, Darla, you know, I, I introduced you and said that you're so integral in really getting this whole big deal audition going because you put the word out there. You were looking for the players that wanted to audition. Tell me, like, who contacted you initially to get this all rolling? Because it was a big deal down there. It was great. It was it was amazing, our turnout. And I just loved it. Um, so the, the producers and uh, startup guys of the show reached out to a good friend of mine. His name is John Connolly. He's an instructor here in Vegas, just barely got uh, his certification this year. And just him and his wife are incredible. They're like pickleball royalty here in Vegas. Great people. So Montine and John Connolly. Montine's also a a pickleball instructor. So uh, they reached out to me right away and they said, hey, these guys contacted us about doing a reality show in Vegas. And Montine and I instantly thought of you because, you know, you've got that big personality and, you know, we know you have the contacts what do you think? Are you in? And I'm like, heck yeah, I'm in. Are you kidding? (laughs) um, Because I have this huge group of 4,000 people to pull from, I did a lot of things. Number one, I advertised for it. I kind of explained to them what it was about, made sure they understood what would be expected. And then as I went through the process, getting to know the show and what I needed to enter, you know, to enter into the auditions and what they would be like, I kept giving them updates. Get out here, guys. Come audition. This is what they're going to ask you. You know, just three simple questions. And so we had like 22 teams show up, which was fantastic. And once they went over all the parameters and, you know, because we had to be there certain days for filming and and that type of thing and kind of looked at the players to see they really wanted teams between like a 2-5 to a 4-0. Um, they picked 20 teams 
And uh, they looked at that. Originally, they were only going to have four teams in the group. And so they looked at the 20 teams and they said, you know what? We've got these amazing people who are so exciting. And they came out. They're really excited about the show. We're going to go ahead and do a round robin that we're going to add to the show where these guys will have a tournament ahead of time. We'll drop it in and then we'll narrow it down to the four teams we're looking for. And so that's how it all started. And it was, here was the best part. So I went out there on uh, our very first day of working with the the producer and the directors. Um, They said, hey, we're having a cocktail party, a little interviewing. And I walked in and I said, is this my birthday? Because all of my best friends are in this room. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that night was a party. That was was a fun time. I agree. That was so funny. And my partner was a maniac. He's running around with the uh, the winner statue. <laughs> yeah, they had to rip it away from him because he was claiming it before he even competed yet. Yeah, the golden trophy. I remember seeing that. <laughs> was there anything that kind of surprised you about that whole experience? I know you were really a big part in talking to the producers and everything and, and organizing it, but is there anything that really just surprised you? Yeah. So another thing is that I run a lot of tournaments for the plaza and and other places. I just ran the police and firemen's tournament. I'm running the what's called the Sin City Classic, which is the largest LBTQ plus tournament with over 8,000, you know, athletes. And so I understand tournaments and and how they should be run. And so when I talked to the producers, I was like, great. So how are you setting this up? Are you doing like four men's doubles teams, four women's doubles, like eight mixed, you know, higher and a lower bracket? And they're like, no. I'm like, what? What? How are you going to do the tournament? Oh, we're just going to let them bring any kind of team that they want. And I thought, uh, huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> How's this going to work exactly? And they're like, yeah, we're just going to, they're just going to play each other. And I thought, well, you know, I'm, there's just this natural physicality that men have that if usually if I throw a man in the mix of a round robin or a tournament, especially if it's a two man team, guess what? They're going to win. They're going to take the whole thing. And so I just thought, you know, are you guys sure you know what you're doing? <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, we're just doing it casual. We're just, you know, we're just going to let them bring whatever. And I thought, oh, okay, all right. So then when it came time that, um, we started to get the groups in, and they were they were great. We we actually played a lot together. We had a lot of communication about the the big deal, um, you know, show, and and they would bounce things off of me. I was I just kept getting more and more excited about this show as we got closer and closer to it. And then um, we, they never revealed who anybody was. They kept it as a secret who all the teams were. So even I, I'd be like cheating, like trying to figure out who the teams might be, you know, like I'm, I'm guessing this person told me they're in it. And, you know, anyway, but, you know, just like in my head, kind of cheating, trying to figure out who they might be. I didn't, you know, break into their houses or anything. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, I heard, I heard those envelopes with all the teens were in a vault somewhere that nobody could see <laughs> the, that those secret envelopes. So I was really hoping, cause I was a mixed doubles team. I was really hoping that I was going to be playing with mixed doubles players, you know, and, and I, I know my partner's a really good player but um, that night when they had us open up the envelopes and they, they announced the teams, I was actually extremely disappointed, really. I was like, you guys are killing me. You just killed me. You just killed me. I don't got any chance to win this thing. I mean, I was really, I don't know if you guys heard me. I, uh, I was talking to uh, uh, Mike and John and, and I was letting them know, uh, you guys are my number one. Okay. That's all I got to tell you. You're my number one. Do you guys know what I'm talking about when I say someone's my number one? Yes. so when I my niece was living me for a while and she's like look I found this great new best friend and and I she shows me a picture of her friend and her friend is flipping her off in the picture and I'm like oh look she says you're her number one friend already you know (laughs) so so, um, it's just a funny thing we do as a family you know ever since then I'll just tell her you're my number one baby she's (laughs) like yeah so I was telling uh, poor John took a lot of the wrath of it. I was like, you're my number one, man. I can't believe you just killed me, you know, but he was a good sport about it. You know, they didn't kick me out for flipping them off or anything. They were very nice. And uh, I I hope we got that on camera at some point. (laughs) 
during right. that evening. I'm hoping that we got that in the show because that would make it even better. <laughs> there was a time when my partner and I were in the house talking to him and we were like just telling him, oh, we're so mad at you, you know. And then they were like, Darla, Yuli, come out. You guys got it. It's your interview time. You know, they're going to talk to you. So we went outside and then we realized we were in line. But we could see in the window at John. And so we just started knocking on the window. And then both of us double flipped him off. <laughs> <laughs> so but you at that part on the show. That would be awesome if somebody videotaped that one. That would be. But you and Yuli ended up doing quite well, though. Isn't that right? Well, I cannot reveal anything about right. any of the results to anybody. Yuli's such a great player that, of course, we were going to do well. And I am a great uh, partner for him, you know, and uh, so, you know, uh, there wasn't any doubt that we would do well through the tournament. We really enjoyed it. And we're just so grateful we were in it. And we, I can share with you that we made it to the final four, which is, was like a dream come true for me. They allowed us to post that on social media, who the final four team was. Cause originally that was what their, um, their goal was is just start with four. And so, uh, they were going to make that announcement. So anyway, that was super exciting um, that uh, we did make that final four. And so just just a dream come true and a, a terrific time for us. Oh, man, it was it was a dream come true for Bridgie and I as well. We had such a fantastic time and, and meeting people like you and Yuli and just everybody on the, the show <laughs> was just it was just a blast. So so many characters, uh, good play, you know, that was competitive. And but it was just a lot of good relationships that were built as well. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the pickleball community is a really close, tight knit community. So, like I said before, we knew everybody. Um, there was, uh, the Barbets, the, the couple that they play at sunset. You guys have probably seen them a mm -hmm. lot more than I did. I knew them really well because they've always stuck up for me as, as I started becoming a better player, you know, and helping me get into circles with better players. They're lovely people and their characters. Oh my gosh. Their personalities are so fun. And, um, there was a double female team who were, who play here at Durango with me almost every day. And I just loved them. And then two of my actual students, cause I am a pickleball instructor. I primarily train um, new players. And uh, this is a funny thing. So I, um, I started playing pickleball. And as soon as I started playing pickleball, I started the Facebook page. And right after that, I said, you know what? I want to change the experience that new players are having here in Las Vegas. I want to become a pickleball ambassador so I can make a difference. And so I had to fill out the 20 page application to USA Pickleball. And I did. I got accepted. I was so excited. Hey, that is the way. That's awesome. Isn't that amazing? I've yeah. only been playing for like four months. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm probably a two five three zero player at that time. I don't know how exactly how good I was, but um, just the vision I shared with them about what I was gonna I was and I was telling them this is gonna be huge. You just wait, pickleball new dinkers of Las Vegas. There's only 19 you know members right now, but I feel it's gonna be great. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna teach pickleball as soon as I learn it. You know I'm gonna teach it for free. And so. Um, after uh, being in there a little while, about October, I told my husband, there's a pickleball instruction course out in Houston, Texas. I want to buy some plane tickets, fly out there, book a hotel for the week, and uh, spend the $400 to get registered as an instructor so I can come back here and teach free lessons. And Neil was like, um, wait, what? And I said, it's a getaway for the two of us. <laughs> He's like, I'm Sold. in. <laughs> yep, he was. He was in all the way. And so he, he still never quite figured out the math there. I mean, it's all paid off in the end. It's just been great. It's changed my life dramatically. I've lost 55 pounds. Oh. I went from having zero friends to having 4,000 of the best friends I could ever imagine having. Oh my gosh. We, we, I, I, first of all, I can't imagine you not having any friends. You got such a great personality and you're such a friendly person. So uh, we really enjoyed having you on the show today. Darla, that, that was a lot of fun. 
<laughs> I'm so he glad. Was. Darla, I love your passion for the game and your energy is just magnetic. And I want to personally thank you for creating this Facebook group because I really do think you are changing that first experience that a lot of new pickleball people are going through, especially in Las Vegas. And so just a huge thank you for me and the rest of the, the new pickleball players here in Las Vegas. Thank you so much for those kind words. I appreciate it. And and I'm still passionate and I still fight for those beginner players to make sure that they get the respect and the time on the courts that they deserve, even though they're new, you know, so Absolutely. it's really, it's a joy. It really is. Well, I hope we can have you back when the big deal has its big release party and we can all talk about, you know, what made it, what, what got cut and is left on the cutting room floor and what made it onto the show. So I can't wait till we can talk about that. So hopefully we can have you back then. Oh, I would love it, guys. When we come back, we have Blaise Boudreau, a personal trainer who came out and actually watched us at the filming of The Big Deal. And he has some great advice on how we can get our bodies better prepared, play better pickleball, and avoid injuries. Be right back. Team Diadem is proud to release the brand new Vice Paddle. This revolutionary concept paddle is five years ahead of anything on the market. It introduces EVA foam as a core material, giving the user the ultimate feel combined with power and control. This technology, combined with our RP2 grip coating, that produces long-lasting spin production, makes this one of the best paddles on the market. Pre-order yours today at diademsports.com. You can also head to the website to apply for our Dynasty. The Dynasty team provides sponsorship opportunities to players of all skills. See if you have what it takes to join the team and apply today. Welcome back to Third Shot, where we bring the community together for some fun pickleball conversation. We are so happy with the comments and support we are getting on social media. Please keep the comments coming. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and our website, thirdshotpodcast.com. We are now joined by Blaze Boudreaux, a personal trainer in Las Vegas. Welcome, Blaze. Thank you for having me. Hey, we uh, have a little tradition here. We try to start every segment with our break in a new guest. We have a shot ready to go. Do you have your shot? I do indeed. All right, everybody. Cheers. 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 Oh, yeah. All right. Now we're ready to get started. So, Blaze, please uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. I was an athlete for 15 years, mostly football, a little bit of basketball, played Division One football for my freshman year of college. Everything ended with the pandemic, and so that kind of led me into training. I always loved the lifting aspect of football. I had a lot of great strength and conditioning coaches throughout my years of playing. And I think for everybody, that was kind of like a weird like year, year and a half where nothing was going on and kind of being so young and trying to find what to do. I think the lifting kind of really attach itself to me and something that I really got into. And then um, just lightly training for fun, nothing, not for money or anything like that, um, helping some people out and they give me good feedback. And so I kind of just rolled with it and kept and kept going. Awesome. That's really great to hear. Um, and so now you are a certified trainer, is that right? Yes. Yeah, so I um, am certified as a trainer through um, ISSA. And I am also a certified nutritionist through ISSA. Every year or so, um, I do my continued educations with more specific areas of training. Um, it still falls under the same umbrella, but um, it gets into more specific um, stretching, more PT type of um, type of learning segments. And so every year or so, I just kind of pick something new and I keep um, kind of improving my knowledge altogether so I can help people in more than just one aspect and not be a one trick pony type of trainer. That's awesome. Yeah, you definitely sound well-rounded and like you know what you're talking about. So we are super excited to have you on our show today to ask you some questions on how we can utilize uh, some of your knowledge to enhance our pickleball game. So personally, I am the type of person who would rather play a sport than work out in a gym in order to stay active and kind of stay healthy that way. So do you have any exercises that players like myself can do at home rather than getting in that gym environment? Yeah, of course. So at home exercises are the best to kind of utilize like your basic standstill, um, not high intensity exercises. So like um, like an hour or so before you end up going to the court, it's a good. And even when you're done, when you're done with your day or whatever, when you're done um, with a tournament or just a day of playing, um, at-home exercises that are really beneficial are hip exercises because there's a lot of exercises that we can do on the floor and we just need like a little bit of open space, almost like kind of yoga exercises. Um, so I know that for a big thing for most pickleball players, um, injuries is hips, um, rotator cuffs, elbows, and um, 
Achilles slash calves. So at home for calves, which is going to be a huge thing, especially when you're exploding off your feet, when you're going for those balls that are cut off to the side and you're trying to make a quick cut, um, is um, leaning wall calf stretches. So we want to be on both feet, standing against the wall, one foot forward, one foot back, both heels stationary on the ground. And you're just going to lean that forward knee forward and kind of feel that stretch in your back calf and kind of switch. It's up to you how long you hold. I usually recommend 45 to a minute and then kind of switch back and forth and kind of do multiple sets of that. That's going to stretch all the way from your heel through your Achilles tendon into your calf, which is, we. I mean, obviously the worst thing you can do is tear that Achilles tendon no matter what sport you're playing. So you really want to take care of your calf and Achilles tendon area. So right off the bat, that's probably the biggest that I would say that's the most important, especially after watching um, you guys play a couple of weeks ago. It was I mean, it's a lot of quick movement right off your feet, going back, going forward, going to the side. It's just something that you really want to take care of. And then with that is your hips. You want your hips to be loose. So when you're when you're making those movements, you can open up and you can go side to side. So hip flexion movements such as kneeling hip flexor or the kneeling hip flexor. So it's the same thing that I just explained with your calves, except now you're gonna be on your knees. So now one knee's forward and one knee's back stationary, and then you're just gonna lean that hip forward and feel that flexion in the knee that's leaning, and then switch legs. So for at-home exercises, I think those two um, are could be utilized the most for just constant day-to-day stretching to keep your hips loose and then your calves and your Achilles loose. I am so happy you mentioned those that hip stretch because I cannot <laughs> expect that my hips are the the problem uh, part for my body right now from playing pickleball. I thought it was going to be my shoulder because I, you know, played a lot of baseball growing up. I, you know, as Bridgie has as well, you know, we have rotator cuff issues and that type of thing. I thought that was going to be the big issue for me, but it's been my hip. And yeah. uh, I've been looking for something that I can do at home to stretch it out. So do you have another one? That, because I, I'm really into this. I like, I, I'm, I'm soaking everything you say up right now because I'm like, oh yeah, I need this. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, and familiarity with yoga. Um, I don't know how familiar with either of you yeah, are with yoga. I, I do um, yoga. Like, so a lot of the yoga stretch, like child's pose, I and mean, that's a great way to start. If you take the child's pose and kind of get up on all fours and sitting those hands, like lay forward, how you're supposed to a child's pose. Get on all fours like that and then lean forward just how you would with the with the single leg hip flexor movement. And you're going to lean forward and both hips are going to be activated. So it's kind of like almost doing um, both ends of the single leg hip flexor, except now you're doing them both at the same time with kind of just an all forward child's pose movement. Butterflies, as simple as they are, kind of getting on both, le- uh, getting down in that, um, in that butterfly pose and trying to push both hips into the ground. Those are the best for at home. And then Access to a gym, the best way to go for kind of loosening up are the hip adductors and abductors. Most For most men, it's seen as a woman's machine because a lot of the girls get on it and they use it to kind of get the outside of their glutes and they kind of use it to stretch their butt. But in reality, if you sit back and hold yourself and, you, and you're opening up those hips, that's going to help loosen up those hips a lot. So me personally, I've had a lot of issues with my hips um, growing so tall so quick. Um, a lot of my strength and conditioning coaches that have some of the worst hips they've ever seen. So um, stretching my hips after football was was a big, big deal for me for all my years that I played. So um, especially like those hip flexor poses, those child poses, those butterflies, um, those were a lot of bread and butter things I was doing every single day Like because they're so easy and they're not strenuous. It's just something they can do boom, boom in the morning or after your day's over or so forth. That sounds great. So uh, You mentioned that you came out and watched us play a couple of weeks ago. Thank you so much for, for joining us and watching Bridgie and I play a tournament. Uh, that was a lot of fun having you there and, and getting to know you. Uh, I don't know if you noticed or not, but before every match, nobody was stretching. Nobody was warming up. Everybody just went straight out to the court. They started dinking with each other and they feel, Oh, that's going to, that's going to warm me up. But I'm thinking to myself, okay, when I play baseball, when I play any sport, I do a lot of stretching before we start. And I just don't see a lot of pickleball players doing that. What would you recommend for players to do at the court? You know, maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes before they actually start playing and start hitting. Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, no matter if you just got done playing the game and it's just the intermediate in between your game, you always want to stay active. You never want to sit down. I remember at the game we saw a lot of other teams when it was their time to take a rest, we're just sitting down and kind of enjoying the game. Um, It's good to stay moving. It's good to stay on your feet. It's almost like when you have a halftime with any sport, basketball, football, baseball. It's all – 
you're sitting down for maybe a handful of minutes, you know, listening to what the game plan is going to be. But the rest of the time, you're staying up, you're staying active, you're staying loose. And then when you come back on the field before the second half starts, you get warmed up again. So pregame and even during your guys' breaks, whether it's a tournament or, you know, you guys are switching halves, staying loose is a big deal. So for on-the-court exercises, um, alternating side lunges. So I would like to see it as you take both halves of the court and kind of use that as you're going back and forth while you're doing these exercises. So doing side, alternating side lunges, going back and forth, walking on the court, one side, rotating the other side, all the way down, down and back. Um, side court shuffles, going line to line, real light. We don't want to be obviously um, wearing ourselves out, but real light side shuffles, kind of get that lateral movement going, kind of get used to going side to side. Also kind of loosening those hips up a little bit while we're going side to side, but also getting that blood flow going, kind of getting the, kind of get everything moving and kind of get everything warmed up so that we're not stiff or we're feeling tight or we're feeling a little bit slow when we're getting off our feet. Also things for like our, for our calves and our hamstrings, because our legs are, are going to be getting most of the action, even though we're going to be swinging overhand and swing with our arms or rotator cuffs, our legs are going to be getting most of the damage. So toe swipes, keeping those heels up, legs straight, um, swiping out the toes, kind of stretching that calf and that hamstring. The hamstring's huge. Obviously, never want to pull the hamstring while we're moving around so much. And then just um, knee pulls, just doing single leg knee pulls while you're walking. That also um, helps stretch the hips, and it's also going to help stretch the quad. And then things like simple like high knees, jumping jacks, like silly things, but stuff to get everything in your body warmed up, get the hips moving, get everything, all the blood flow in your legs going so that you feel good right off the rip and you don't feel slow for your first couple of, of sets going back and forth. I can't wait to try these out. And you know what I'm thinking, Uncle. You th- do you think it'll help us ma- look a little more intimidating before the game? Yeah, <laughs> we're out there stretching, looking real serious about it. Absolutely. <laughs> so I know it's probably uh, dependent on the person, but about how long do you think a warm up should be uh, to make sure that we're ready to play our next match? Prior to your game, I think I think as soon as you get there, like let's just say you're getting there like 30, 40 minutes before your match. I think that the first 10 to 15 minutes should be utilized to actually stretch and not kind of do those high intensity movements just yet. Um, whether you did them at home or whether you do them right when you get there, the stretching is the, is the best way to get stuff knocked out first, feel loose, um, kind of just get a feel for how your body's responding, especially if you're playing tournaments or especially if you're playing consistently. Obviously, there's going to be days where your body's going to be feeling better than others. So definitely stretching first, kind of see how your body's responding. And then about, you know, five to ten minutes before the match is starting is when I would kind of start to integrate those um, more higher intensity movements. Like I said, we don't want to wear ourselves out, but you want to get the blood flowing. So. I would say it'd be like a good half and half median. Obviously, get your stretching in, take a little rest, and then five to ten minutes before that match starts, kind of get get moving, moving, so that it's almost like you're ready to to hop in the game and you're not cold turkey right off the gate. For the people that do have gym memberships, right? You kind of talked about what we could do at the court. We could talk about you know what you do at home. You obviously work with a lot of your um, your customers at the gym. What are the what are some of the exercises you mentioned one of them earlier? But what are the other ones that you would suggest for pickleball players at the gym? So for the legs, you know, we want to be explosive and we want to be flexible. So things like single leg squats, you know, putting your leg one leg up on a bench, moving that other leg out about a step and a half, and going down slow, getting those single leg squats. Um, if you want to get even a little bit more crazy and add on to that, you can do single leg squat jumps. Um, so when you're going down, exploding back up off the ground, going back down slow, exploding back up off the ground. And then doing that with double legs, so squat jumps, it's also great. What's great about these exercises is that we're, we're not going crazy with weight. We're not trying to exhaust the muscle, but we're keeping everything loose. But we're, and we're still getting those body-weighted exercises that are still going to be effective in keeping those muscles strong and explosive. Because that's the thing. If, as athletes, we want to be um, explosive. We want to be loose. We don't want to be big, strong bodybuilder type of build. We want to be loose, flexible, explosive. We want to be quick. So a lot of the body-weighted exercises are going to be key because that's also going to keep a lot of stress off the muscles and it's going to keep you more fresh for when you're ready to play instead of feeling sore all the time. Also for the legs, I mean, we do want to strengthen those calves. Like I was saying earlier, um, stretching them is a big is important, but we also want them to be strong. Um, so calf raises, um, seated or standing calf raises, um, making sure those calves are taken care of. And then Romanian deadlifts are great because it works your glutes, your hamstrings, and your calves. So the Romanian deadlifts are the slight bend in the knee, holding a weight or just body weight in your hand and sliding those hands down your legs, pushing your butt back and really filling it all down your glute and your hamstring. Those are going to be really great for strengthening your hamstring and behind the knee. So the real goal is to keep everything in our legs really loose, explosive, and um, we want to prevent injury. That's that's the biggest goal when we're exercising in the gym. It's all inju- injury prevention. And then for the upper body, um, it's really simple. I mean, we want our back to be strong. As we're coming through with our, strength, our, our swing, we want to have that power coming from our back. 
Um, most specifically our lats, especially when we're going for those kind of those, those wide hits. Um, our lat muscle is going to be huge and kind of activating and pushing with that. And then our shoulders. The shoulders are going to be huge. We want to stay away from barbelled exercises. Um, dumbbells is going to be the way to go. It's going to be um, more isolated. It's going to be a lot less strenuous on our shoulder because our shoulder obviously connects our body to the rest of our arm. So when we're exercising, our front delt gets gets beat up a lot. I mean, when you're doing chest, when you're doing shoulders, it's a, it's a muscle that gets used a lot. And for people like you that played baseball, I mean, I know my dad played baseball and a lot of clients that I get that played baseball have a lot of front delt issues from throwing, just not even from being pitchers, but just from throwing the, the baseball in general. It's a huge issue. So band work too is huge, um, kind of almost like PT style, um, getting a band, kind of getting that band around the shoulder, doing kind of front band movements. If you don't have access to a band, it's good. You can hold on to something and kind of still get that same forward flexion movement, just moving that, sh- that shoulder forward. But it's all going to be real light dumbbell exercises, body weighted exercises, and we want to be quick and explosive. We don't want to be doing heavy lifting or anything like that because it's just not worth it. Yeah, that all sounds really great. And I'm suddenly feeling inspired to get myself back in the gym. It's been a while. But now I've got a really great excuse, right? It's going to help me with my pickleball game. Totally. So Blaze, uh, you know, you're in Las Vegas. If people want to reach out to you uh, and use you as a trainer, what's the best way for them to contact you? So I do have my own website. It's blazeandfitness.org. I am also a trainer at LVAC. It's easy to reach me through the website. And then also by business email, it is blazeandironfitness.org at gmail.com. I am open pretty much all days of the week and I help with athletes, weight loss, strength training. I'm very well-rounded, I'd like to say, as far as who I can train. I do not train bodybuilders. That is not my expertise, but as far as my athletes out there, my people that want to get back into shape and, and shed some pounds, that is definitely something I can help with. Do you ever do any online training? I do offer online training programs as well as um, check-in calls. It's obviously hard to um, train like, you know, through Zoom and Skype. So usually it's a program that I set up for you and we have check-ins once or twice a week, depending on how new you are and how hard it is to understand the exercises, but as well as um, online nutrition as well, because it all starts, you know, with the nutrition. I mean, you can work out as hard as you want to, but if you're still eating like crap at home, it's it's never gonna, it's never gonna come together. So nutrition is definitely number one and online nutrition is definitely something that a lot of people are interested in because not everybody's a trainer but a lot of people need to help figure out you know where their macro should be and and what's what's best to consume especially because everybody's bodies are different not everything works for everybody and it's and it's tough to kind of find your sweet spot for what you should be eating and what you shouldn't be eating well i appreciate you coming on with us tonight and i think um if you're up to it i'd love to have you back in another time and maybe we can talk a little bit more nutrition because i'm intrigued on what i should be putting into my body that might help my performance a hundred percent i would love to i'd love to come back on and talk about some nutrition it's a it's a very important topic that i feel like a lot of people love to sweep under the rug while they're uh, while they're trying to get it hard in the gym yeah blaze thank you so much for joining us today very informative and we cannot wait to have you back thank you so much for having me it was a blast and i am very grateful for you guys to have me on here thanks a lot and thank you for joining us at third shot where bridgie and i will continue to share our pickleball journey a special thanks to kevin mclaughlin at diadem sports for joining us today Go check out the new Vice Paddle and all their lines over at uh, their website. And we will have more uh, links on the thirdshotpodcast.com. And while you're there, please share your pickleball stories. And who knows, we might ask you to be a guest on our show. Support the show by subscribing. And we promise to have more amazing guests just like Kevin in the future episodes. Let's continue to share our enjoyment for the game and grow the pickleball community. See you next time at Third Shot Podcast.